Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. Well, y'all. Praise God. Let's, um, let's go in the Word of God. And we're going to continue to talk tonight about acceleration. I'm excited about the Word of God. I'm excited about what God is doing at Church on the Rock and in people that are listening to Him. I'm excited about it. And um, the Word of God we got to share with you tonight is going to be a blessing to you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor, if you look at my pocket should have some reading glasses now they bring them up here some of them on my coat pocket one side or the other I think I put them in there praise God yeah ooh I had some blue ones these will work though alright praise God let's uh, go over here to um Let's go over here to Matthew, and I normally teach out of uh, Mark, but uh, Mark is a little more fuller. But let's go over here to Matthew. I think I've, I've touched on this. We're going to continue to talk about acceleration. And, um, you know, I, I studied it beyond you, so it's, it gets in my spirit first. Amen. And then my job is to by the Holy Spirit ministry back to you. And um, what God is accelerating, He's accelerating, He's always been doing it. He's accelerating redemption, but the church has not kept up with Him. The church is not, the church has not kept up with Him. Um, when the acceleration really hits in your life, and you understand, well, when we talk about acceleration, what is God accelerating? What is he speeding up? And um, he's speeding up the redemption that Jesus purchased for us. And then you got to understand what redemption is. Redemption is putting everything back where it's supposed to be. When you read the book of Revelations, when you get to the end of the book, it's God putting everything back where it's supposed to be. And uh, he's a wonderful father. He's an awesome creator. And we are in his family. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are made in the image and likeness of God. And um, redemption puts man back to function like God. If we want our redemption. Amen. And... Um, what God is accelerating, he's accelerating redemption to put man back where he belongs. Because of all the creations and creatures God created, he only created one creature in his image and likeness, and that's man. And man is the creation he put in dominion and authority over this planet. 
and he was supposed to run it. And when you look at it now, people think God is supposed to run it. And they look at it and say, what, what is going on? How, does, you know, how did God run something like this? Well, you know, you got to get in the Bible and figure some things out. I understand why people ask that question. But God is in authority, ultimate authority. Jesus said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. But he's also delegated authority to the church. And the church is the only institution in existence on the planet that has the power to accelerate redemption. This whole age is controlled by the church. It will not end until the church preaches the gospel we call it salvation, but it's really a gospel of putting everything back where it's supposed to be. Wait till you find out what you look like with everything put back. You never, ever worry about what things cost ever again for the rest of your life. You never are concerned about dying of sickness and disease. Because when God is, if God is allowed and when I say aloud, God, if he could put everything back, he just put it back. But that's not what he's doing. And the kingdom of God is the means and method by which, or the kingdom of heaven, that God puts everything back where it's supposed to be. And men are to press into the kingdom. Amen. Press into the kingdom through repentance and belief. Those are the two things you need to do to put things back where they belong. Change and believe. And I preached the message, and I keep saying I'll never forget Brother Dale Tillett come to me. He said, Keith, most people live this life and they'll never change. What you see from day one, that's what you'll see that in person's entire life. Because most people don't change. Most people keep the same mindset, attitudes, functionality. They keep it their entire life. But thank God the Holy Ghost comes to help us Amen. as the church. Amen. Amen. And I studied this today. No, you got to let the Holy Ghost help you change. You got a great change agent. Don't do that ever again in my church. Don't ever yawn again. I already told you about that. Off to the side and ask public. You did it public. Don't ever do that again. You can do that without. I don't want to hear that because I'm excited about being here. Amen. Amen. And now listen, you got to understand who you're dealing with here. I told you I'm on assignment. I told you I'm on assignment. That is disrespectful and I don't want it done in the church. I would never do that in front of my pastor because it's disrespectful. You can, if you got to do a bodily function like that, it don't have to be heard where everybody in the room can hear, especially me up here. Amen? Amen. Not mad at people. I love them, but I'm working on something. Amen. And if you don't respect what I respect, you will have trouble with me. I was sitting at a table one time, and a pastor was talking about Kenneth Copeland. He said, oh, no, you are not going to talk about Kenneth Copeland while I'm sitting at this table. See, you should have been at a table where everybody don't like Kenneth Copeland. How can two walk together lest they agree? If you marry somebody, 
it has to be a person that you reach agreement with. If you don't, you're going to have strife. You're just going to have strife. That's what the Bible says. I can two walk together. Let's agree. Praise God. Amen. I love the Lord. You don't understand what my passion does to pastor this church. It's just nonstop. Dealing with contractors, finances, subcontractors, suppliers, city, state, government, all day long. I'm in this, and I'm going to show you now, praise God, that's where we're going to go. Amen. Amen, praise God. Don't go to Matthew, go here. Amen, praise God. I was watching uh, Benny Hinn, and youth were getting up, walking out of his service, going to a restaurant. He said, they don't get back in. Why? Because if they were watching a movie, they sit there with a gallon of juice in them. They sit there with a gallon of juice in them. Watch the movie and not move. They didn't get to church. Well, you know why they move? Because it's boring to me. But redemption is not boring to me. Amen. It keeps my body healthy. It keeps my mind sound. It keeps my family together. It blesses my life. And if people want that, I can minister it to them. And it will help them. Praise God forever. Hallelujah. Most people close it down, running from stuff, running from diseases and stuff like that. I don't even think like that. Now, people have to do what they have to do. You stay home, but I ain't trying to push you way across the room from somebody. You got to live in this world. Redemption is keeping you from the evil that's in the world. We're learning how to do that and be more efficient with it, so I don't think like everybody else. Amen. Amen. No, people shouldn't be popping up, running all out of the church when you're preaching the gospel. It's an honor issue. You go to the classrooms at school, honor issue. Can I go to the bathroom? Can I go to the Because you don't want to be here. And if we was at a skating party, you'd be skating all night. <laughs> Amen. I'm just, I'm just talking right now. You just got to understand. You got to understand. <laughs> I gave everything up to serve Jesus. And if you don't want to give nothing up, we ain't gonna, we're not going to work really well together. I'm just being honest with you. It costs everything to live a life with, of power where you can minister to other people and not just be a run-of-the-mill church shutting down every time somebody say, well, it's blowing through again. No, he said, no evil shall come now I dwell it. I live to learn how that works. And the number one way it works is through honor. It works on honor. It just, it just works on honor. And I'm just saying, you have to understand what it's like to be in this position. You just have to understand that. You got to understand, you know, you have to read the prophecy book. You got to understand, you ought to understand there's a divine call on my life. That I was sent here as a gift to help you. To be a blessing to your life, you have to understand that, and it deserves some respect. And if I have to, if I have, to, if I don't correct it, then who is? Who is? If I don't say nothing, then who's gonna say something? Nobody. And that's your job. This is a year of correction, direction, protection, perfection, 
so we can have acceleration. In what? Redemption. Putting things back where they belong. That's what Jesus' whole assignment was on his life, is to redeem man and to put things back where he belongs. That's why healing works, because sickness don't belong in your body. So the kingdom came to execute redemption. We're just not teaching. We can teach divine healing. We have a whole subject on healing. I went through my whole curriculum, my whole Bible curriculum for an institution. For the whole curriculum is not one lesson on redemption. That's what the whole Bible's about. It's amazing how we can miss the major and preach minors. And I don't want to spend my whole life doing it. I haven't taught on redemption in this church. God got me on change. Then he got me on acceleration. Then I found out what he wanted to accelerate. He's not just trying to accelerate getting you money. He's not. No. Redemption means all the wealth that the enemy took from us is coming back to us. That's why your money is going to accelerate so you can fund the kingdom. And that's an act of redemption. The reason why we're not trying to close our church down because they say it's a new variant out there. Redemption means no plague shall come down your dwelling. It's something wrong when a Christian is sick. That should... It doesn't bother most people, but it's bothering me now. Not that, it, not that I'm upset with the individual, is that I know it doesn't belong there. And I know the power of God is here and present to fix it if we understand what redemption is and we live in honor. So change has got to happen. Change. That means what I did that's out of order yesterday, I don't bring it into today. And that can be difficult. That can be di- That's why most people never change. And they never change because their thinking never changes, which means they never fulfill Bible repentance. And they carry on a form of religion from the top down. From the top down, they carry on a form of religion, acting as if they know what they're talking about. Well, I'm not one of them you can get like that. I flip people off real quick. You don't even know what you're talking about. Now, they don't because they don't even know what God wants. He said broad is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that few that be that find it. I'm one of the ones that want to find it. I'm one of the ones that want to find it, so I'm pursuing God, and I'm I'm getting ready to preach at Dr. Jacobs Church, he said, Keith, I want you to preach on. He said, you don't have to preach a new message. Preach what I've already given you. But don't just preach change today. Preach a rate of change. Preach how long is it going to take you to change? How long is it going to take you to change the behavior that doesn't fit kingdom life? Because that's what's stopping the church from functioning in the power that produces redemption. He said, I want to accelerate that. I got on accelerate. I found out. I said, wait, wait a minute. I got to study the Bible. I said, you've always wanted things to accelerate. He said, you're right. The church moves too slow. And I will not slow down for them because I gave them a standard. His name is Jesus. He's busy about the Father's business. He's busy about the Father's business. How many believers are busy about Father's business? No, the church 
has a full-time assignment and they work on it two days a week. And we can't do that. When I saw in the Bible they went up to, to the temple to pray every day, that's the standard for the book of Acts. It's not when we feel like, you know, we're going to fast for this month and pray. But what are we going to do with the other 11? <laughs> what you going to do? What you going to do about the other 11? You're going to face this month and you're going to pray. But what about the other 11? What kind of focus God's going to get? So we're going to do this and we're going to have a one, one month dash. Okay. <laughs> okay. And you shouldn't even have a fast unless you know what you're fasting for. Fasting, and fasting doesn't make God do anything. It just catches you up to what he's doing. You're not going to fast and pray and get God to do anything. Because he's already finished everything he's going to do. Jesus said it's finished. You're catching up. It's, it's, it's turning off the world, which should have been turned off anyway. It's turning off the world so you can catch, so you can get at accelerated speed with God. And he said, Keith, the church is moving too slow for me. They have zero days. They have days they don't pray. They have days they don't read their Bible. They have days they don't even watch it on TV or listen to it on their phone. They got days they don't even listen to a video. They got days they don't touch the word and don't talk to me. And I'm not talking about the other churches. I'm talking about the Sheila Bako Sunday Libido, the Word and Spirit churches, the falling down in the flow churches. That's the ones I'm talking about. Because if it was that much power in there, we'd be far, far, farther than we are. I'm, I'm talking about the tongue-talking people. Because if I know, if you don't want the Holy Ghost, I know you done. I know, if you, I know if your church is not receiving empowerment of the Spirit and don't believe in the book of Acts, I know that you can get rid of that whole bunch. You can get rid of the whole bunch of them. He said, until this gospel, and the gospel is the power of God, not the conversation of God. Not preaching with a good personality. Personality preaching. Oh, be sweet, Pastor. No. We'll stay the same, and you will too. Because the real gospel is correction. You say, well, well you know what? You correct people because you love them. If you can see a person doing something wrong, and you just let them do that, and it'll end up costing them their life. It'll end up costing them their life. He says, if a father or a parent doesn't correct it, he says, spare the rod, you spoil the child. No, it says you hate the child. Jesus said, I chastise them who I love, the people I plan on activating and putting them in the ministry and moving them forward. Because if I can correct you and you receive it, then you change something. You change something. My mama was a stiff corrector. Oh, yes, she was. She put it on you, Jackson. She put it on us. I remember one day I went out in the neighborhood. I ain't going to tell you what I did. I'm so ashamed of it. But we showed out, and we thought we was going to get away with it because I was hanging around people I shouldn't have been hanging around with. And I don't know how or why my mom decided to come up on that street looking for us in her car. And she pulled up, and we were all startled, me and my two brothers. And we said, Mom, hello, how you doing? We'll be home in a minute. And some of the kids ran to my mom's car. 
It said, this is what your boys have been up here doing and saying. And they went line item by line item. I was embarrassed by them repeating it. But I kept watching her get harder and harder and harder. And finally, she had enough. She moved them kids out of the way. They were standing in the, in the window of the driver's side. She moved them kids out of the way and said, y'all get in this car. I said, no, it don't look safe to drive with you. I'm telling you, I said, it don't look safe. We're not getting in the car with you. I said, we will walk. She said, y'all get home right now. Man, we got in that house. She shamed of the whipping she gave us now. She said, I don't remember that key. I said, I'm glad. So at least if, you, if your charges come against you, you won't say you are. <laughs> I don't even know if the statute of limitation run out, but that was illegal. <laughs> it was illegal. And it was just like the Bible said, it was wailing and gnashing of teeth. And Daryl was the youngest. I said, I'm going to get my whipping last because she'll be out of energy by then. She whipped the oldest first. And then I said, I ain't going there. You got to go. He went in there. I thought she'd take it easy on him. He went because normally she'd take it easy on him. But oh, no. <laughs> but I saw her beat the baby like that. I said, Jesus, take me now. <laughs> You're going to take me right now. Boy, she laid in all of us. And then we went out the next day. And uh, we told the kids, nothing happened to us. Well, everything's fine. They said, oh, no, no. When y'all went home, the whole neighborhood followed behind y'all. Y'all weren't looking. <laughs> and we all stood around your house and by the windows. We heard what happened in your house. <laughs> So don't lie to us like that. Now hold your place right here. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Give you word. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Second Timothy chapter 3. And then I'll go to Titus. That's where we're going to go. Second Timothy chapter 3. In verse 16, all scripture is given, 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 2, verse 3. If we're going to have a year of acceleration, it's got to be a year of change. Amen. It's got to be a year of change. And it says all scripture is given by inspiration from God. Your whole Bible came from God. And it's given for, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. You have to be corrected in the body of Christ, period. The word is designed to do that. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof. That's another word for correction, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. He says it's going to be a year of direction and correction. That the man of God may be what? The man of God may be what? Perfect. So... You cannot have a year of perfection without correction. You can't. Because if not, then we're saying everybody in the body of Christ is 100. They're not. They're just not. I just got on him for doing that. I got on him for yawning. Don't do that. Okay? I'm just telling you. I don't need to hear it. I've been to church tired too. I just don't want to hear that. 
you know. It's just some noise I don't want to hear. It's not out of adults. It's just some things you don't do. It's a matter of honor. And if you don't think I'm pastoring for honor, just stay around. Because a local church without honor is a local church that don't need a ministry here. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. It is what it is. And I've done this going on 24 years with my life. You don't know how many people I've, I have gone to serve that you don't see. This is the tip. This is... This is 5% of my job. This right here is. And it's the easiest thing I do. It's all the rest of the things. It's like an iceberg. You don't see what's underneath. And you don't get the phone calls. You don't get the emergencies. I get them. And a lot of times when they're around the house and they see what I have to do, I look at them and I say, so you want to be in the ministry? Most people want to be in the ministry because they see this mic. And when I know they're like that, they're a turnoff to me, and I don't want to mentor them because they're not going to last long. They're not going to last long. It's about service. It's about serving others. It's not up trying to teach people how much you think you know. How can you talk, how can you, why you want to instruct people you haven't served? Because service comes first. Service comes first, not the podium. Service comes first. Anytime podium comes first, you're looking at ministry failure. Because service builds character. The podium is about mantle, anointing. And if all you got is an anointing and you got no service, that means you, you have no character. You haven't developed character. You haven't developed endurance. You haven't developed patience. You haven't developed long-suffering. And you're trying to tell people to do something you haven't done. You're trying to tell people to live a life you haven't lived. And someone seasoned in the ministry can tell how shallow they are. Well, I'm seasoned in the ministry. I've come through the ranks. You're looking at a person who's done nothing but serve this church for 24 years, whether you've been here or not. But you got the best of my years. You got all that wrapped in one coming to you now. You should, you should, this church should move farther than... See, it's ready. That's what Dr. Jacobs told me. He sat up and told me, he said, in the Word and Spirit call, he said, Keith, when you get in the building, your house is going to celebrate. The church is going to go to a whole nother level because it's time. And it's time. That's why God's teaching me on acceleration. Then he's telling me what I'm trying to sell. He said, Keith, the message is redemption. Tell people they don't have to be sick no more because I redeemed them from that. They don't have to be broke anymore because I redeemed them from poverty. Their homes don't have to break up anymore. I've redeemed their homes. They're children. Oh, man. If you got somebody that's not serving God right now, I got a scripture for you. <laughs> I, got a, I got a redemption scripture for your house. Amen. That you can stand on for your kids. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
God's going to redeem your whole, everything is going to get put back where it's supposed to be in your life. If you just let me get this word out, if you just let me get this word, I told you, I got in, I was excited. You should have been excited too. And I appreciate you coming out. Praise God, you did more than a lot. You come through the rain and everything. And some of you worked all day. I've worked all day too. Get to church, tired, fall asleep on the front row. I had to ask Pastor Cindy, did Dr. Jacob see me sleep? I'm so energetic. By the time I get to church, I worked all day. I ain't took a nap or anything. And I come through the doors, take my seat, so glad to be there. And then Samanex hits you. I'm serious. You can't, you, you got to learn how to rest your body. Some of you young people just say, yeah, just keep going on. Amen. Praise God. I, I'm playing on, I'm pacing myself. Amen. I'm pacing myself. I'm not going to try to wear myself out. No, I'm not. That's why I'm ministering to you. I'm going to send you to the hospital. Oh, that's what pastor didn't come to the hospital. Pastor ain't got to come. You need the word. He sent his word to heal him, not pastor. Pastor just trained other people up with the word. Amen. Like you're supposed to. Come on, let's be a church. Let's not just try to put everything on one man and kill him. And acting like you sad at the funeral and then going out and eating mud long horns and eating shrimp and lobster and everything. Don't look like you're mourning to me. His family might be mourning, but you don't look like you're mourning. That's the second time you've gone back to the food bar. Amen, but I'm, I'm not wearing my seat. Oh, no, sir. I'm going to train you up and be a disciple. You need to know how to lay hands on the sick because you need to tell people God redeemed them from sickness. You ain't even supposed to be sick. And I'm here with the kingdom. And, and I'm just a representative of the power. The power came with me. And when I tell them that the redemption, all you got to do is receive Jesus and everything he brought in the redemption is yours. And you believe that it's yours, and the power start working. This thing is gonna get easier than it's ever got if you just let me. If you just let me help you, praise God. Praise God forever. Look what it says right here. Praise God that the man of God may be perfect. What is perfect? Everything put back where it belongs. What is perfection? Everything is back in your life where it belongs. You say, well, man, I want to go to that church. Don't go to that church. Go to one of the ones that whatever. Thoroughly furnished on all good works. No, I saw Benny Hinn. He said, I was watching him in the meeting. That's when I learned about zero days, watching Benny Hinn. He said, when I was a pastor, he said, it just bothered me. He said, I study all week and pray and give before God and get ready to give people a word. And they just stand up and walk out just to go to the restroom. You shouldn't let your teenagers do that. They need to hear the word. Just because they're bored. It'd be different if I was just playing with them and wasn't giving them a message, something they're going to need. They're going to have to learn how to do this. They're going to have to learn how to do this to have victory in life. I understand, like I told you, your body can be tired. But I didn't haul off and make noises. I went quiet to sleep. (laughs) And I didn't disturb my past. Sleeping, ain't nothing wrong with sleeping. A man went to sleep, fell out of a window off two floors in the book of Acts and died when he hit the ground. Paul went out and raised him from the dead because it was power there. Paul said it was power there. But that's just certain behavior you got to have. Pastor Nancy said, honor's got to come back to the church. Oh, 
Redemption means you can't do what you want to do when you get ready to do it. It means he bought you. And when you say, I can do whatever I want to do, you just denied your redemption. Now healing ain't going to work. Prosperity ain't going to work. While you shouting hallelujah, glory be to God. You cannot deny any aspect of redemption. And you're not your own anymore. You Listen, before you came to Jesus, you wasn't your own. You ain't never been your own. Either you're going to be God's or the devil's. Plain, and I know people think they got it made. And, th and next thing we know, we had a funeral. Thought you had it all figured out. Next thing we know, we had a funeral. Or some catastrophe. It says that the man will be thoroughly first in all good works. Turn over here to Titus. I think that's what it was. Titus, I came to give you some scriptures. Praise God. And uh, Titus chapter 2 and verse 14. Let's start here, and um, at verse, at verse eleven, we're going to go to fourteen. It says, "For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men." And that's in Jesus Christ, the grace of God that bringeth salvation, and salvation is an act of redemption. Salvation means to put everything back where it belongs. And it says, the grace of God did that, which means I don't earn it. I couldn't redeem myself. God, by his grace, redeemed me. Wiped away all my sins, all my faults, and made me perfect in his eyes, and made me righteous, and seated me in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, showing me I plan on giving you a position back, I plan on giving your authority back. I plan on giving you your health back, your wealth back, your family back. You are done losing in redemption. I had some challenges today. I said, thank you for redeeming me from every evil work. Redeemed from every evil work means Jesus purchased you so the evil can't work in your life. I don't care what opposition comes against your life. You just keep saying, thank you, Father, I'm redeemed. From every evil work. Wait till I get to Genesis 48 when Jacob started talking about the angel that redeemed me. My whole life, he kept evil. He kept people from wanting to do evil to me. Esau swore, I'm going to kill you, boy. Yes, he did. He took an oath. I am smack dead killing you. Soon as, my, soon as mom and daddy die, I'm chopping your head clean off. I swear I'm killing you. And he had that bow and arrow. He could shoot it too. And he showed up with a host of men. But the angel that redeemed me from evil, you are done with people purposing evil against yeah. you yeah. because they're satanically inspired. Amen. Don't let anybody else keep you up at night anymore talking about what they're going to do. Go smack sleep to that night, tell them to say, I'm redeemed from every evil work, and go on to bed. You're going to need it because yes. any kind of evil is going to come from somebody. Yes. Yes. I had to praise God. Hallelujah. So I could give you testimonies just out of today. 
<laughs> I had to use that. I just had to use that today. Because why? We're making advancement. He don't want that building up. We're making advancement. He knows what's getting ready to happen. We are changing. We're accelerating. Amen. And what we're accelerating is redemption. Everything that belongs to me, all that Father has purposed for me, that's in John, is coming. That's what Jesus said. All that Father has for me, everything he's purposed is coming. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And you're going to look better than you think you're going to look. But you know what? You're going to have to take correction. You're going to have to change. You're going to have to take direction. And you are not your own. You're not your own. That's why, man. That's why. I'll be more power manifesting than it is. We're shutting down again. I know they think something wrong with me. Now, if you if you don't, if you if you ain't planning on living in redemption, you don't plan on, you plan on having zero days, then you you may want to stay at home. I don't live like that. And don't you try to live in the way somebody else is trying to live, because the Egyptians tried to go through the Red Sea too. <laughs> they did. They tried to go through on dry ground. The children of Israel had a and they had redemption. God says, I'm redeeming you from the bondage. I'm getting you paid, and I'm redeeming you from the hands of your enemies that hate you so you can go out here and serve me and carry out the plan of redemption I have for this nation. And they said, no, we're not going to let you go. We're going to kill some of you and we'll take some of you back in captivity. We'll decide who we're going to kill once it's over with. And they say they try to go through the same ground and it swallowed them. Yeah. It's a difference between the redeemed and the unredeemed. Yeah. It's a difference between people trying to, because people say, well, what's so special about y'all? Because I know it's a difference between a person with a revelation of redemption and a one that don't have it. Amen. They don't, and I don't care if they say they're Christians. He said, I told you you're going to have to do two things. You're going to have to change and believe. Redemption works for the changer and the believer. And that's it. And I want to keep it working in my life. I want to keep it working in my life. I'm I'm going for the whole thing. Somebody keeps telling me, every time I talk to me, I almost say, you know, I I want to know what it's like not to dishonor God and live for him and see the blessing. I don't want to spend my whole life on the planet disrespecting spiritual things disrespecting leadership that God put in here to help you, disrespecting the local church, and disrespecting and having zero days, fellowshipping with the ungodly world while you call yourself a believer, sitting up in R-rated movies, and then wondering why the power don't work. He said, no, I want to know what it's like to obey God and keep his commandments and live in the fullness of the blessing. I want to know what that life is like. Where the blessing is overtaking you and goodness and mercy is following you all the days of your life. Don't you get like the children of Israel? They got stuck out there in the wilderness and didn't even get their inheritance. They were the children of God. They were stuck out in the wilderness because they kept dishonoring God. He said, y'all, everybody 20 and up, not going in. You got out of Egypt. You got a pocket full of money, but you ain't going to go shopping nowhere because it ain't nowhere to shop. And guess what? You're going to die with that money in your pocket right out here in this wilderness because of your dishonor. 
and everything 20 and up didn't go in. That means the youngest person, people were dying at 60. The 20 year olds were dying at 60. Forced death because you can't go in the promised land. And I only, and I told them, in 40 years we leaving. So you dying at 60. You got time there. If you was 21, you died at 61. And the oldest person besides Caleb and Joshua that went in was 39. You had a young bunch going in. And they got to the board and they said, Joshua, whatever you say, you don't figure it out. We go nowhere unless we do what he said. We go nowhere without honoring him. We can be a people and we can be a congregation, but we don't see redemption without respecting him and doing it his way. And they said, if God gave them 40, he might give us 60 out here. He might up it to 60. So guess what? Whatever you tell us, Joshua, we'll do it. Longs is coming out of the word of God. Longs you spend time with God and longs is coming from God, we'll, we'll do it. Amen. And anybody that don't want to do it, we'll handle them. Yeah. I'd be glad when I get a we'll handle them church. Amen. That'll make it easy on me too. Yeah. We'll handle them church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, you can hold other people up. You can be a spot in the feast. Walking in the church, fornicating. I don't Facebook people that I don't already told to keep your clothes on, and then you go have a baby, and I say congratulations. I don't do that. Do you hate the child? No. But I'm not congratulating you for sin. I'm not mad at you, but I'm not congratulating it either. I still love you. Children are supposed to have a father, not a baby's daddy. The children of Israel couldn't go in the promised land because they started out there fellowshipping with Moab and then it got to the place that the leaders' children were bringing their boyfriends and girlfriends into the Israelite camp and sleeping with them right in front of Moses. It can get so disrespectful, they'll do it right in front of your face. The Bible said a little leaven and leaven the whole lot. No, there's a standard. And I preach the standard out of the word of God. And if anybody wants a church where you can just live any kind of way, I told you you want your own. Redemption don't work for people that are going to do their own thing. person I'm thinking about came to this city and told me the place they came from, they lived like that. And it was so bad, God told them to come to this church, send them here. Because guess what? Pastor Rogan ain't going to let you live like that. As soon as I start correcting it, gets up and goes somewhere else because he don't care. I don't even know if he's a pastor. He's a good musician. Heard him preach. I said, that ain't the word. Matter of fact, that's almost error what you just preached. That's completely untrained because you don't jump from the piano to the podium. There ought to be some kind of real Bible school in between here, some kind of training in between here. It just don't go from piano to podium. 
and I don't go from podium to piano. There's going to be some classes. There's going to be some training. And they sound like, the way they preach, it sound like how I would play right now. Because I'm listening to them. It's messed up. There's no accuracy in it. And the untrained ear don't know it. The untrained ear don't know it. Praise God. You over here in Titus? All right, praise God. Teaching us the denying ungodliness. It says, he says, for the grace of God and salvation hath appeared unto all men. Teaching us the denying ungodliness and worldly lust. This person didn't do that. They just got to have a boyfriend. And have intimacy where when I'm telling you, I said, you cannot sing in my church. Get off the podium. You will not, you, see, you playing with God. Get off my podium. Come on, get down. Because you're singing about a God you don't really live for. And I grew up in churches that played that game. And that's why God came to the city. He said, other men have failed me. They're afraid to correct people. And the scripture is given for correction. Yes. You need correction. Yes, yes you do. Yes. Until you manifest in it like Jesus put it out, and I do too. Until we put it out like he put it out, we're missing something. Right. And the plan of God is to conform us to his image. Mm -hmm. That's redemption. Yes. Be who he created you to be. Not something the world made. He says right here, teaching us, that's what we're doing right now, teaching, denying ungodliness and worldly lust. We should live soberly. God got a made for you. Had one for me. I had to put my clothes back on because the church didn't teach me nothing. I had to do it myself. They won't teach me how to live right. This is failure. God will not help you in a fornicating relationship. He will not help you build that because that makes him a fornicator. Yeah. You'll have to change. You'll have to fix it. If that person is really supposed to be in your life, then you should be talking about courtship and marriage. And then next thing you know, they're raising a child by themselves. Now the devil got a game going on now. Now the person is missing half of the image they need in a mother or a father. Now the person's got to ask the question, why, were my per why wasn't this parent, why didn't, wasn't it, why didn't they want to be a part of my life? And now I got, we, we got all this underground dysfunction going on because somebody didn't do what God said. I'm about doing what he said. I put my clothes back on. I got rid of all the friends that wanted to keep theirs off. I broke all the fellowship with them. That's when God walked in my apartment and said, Keith, you're going to be a pastor because I changed. I changed. I stopped having zero days. And I told him, whatever you want to do with my life, and nothing starts until that statement is made because you're not your own. Nothing starts until it's just his plan. 
You want to, people want to do what they want to do. I can do what I want to do. That's not the gospel. That's a form of godliness with no power. That's what it is, and that's what's floating all around. I'm not going to be a part of it because I didn't want it. I told him, whatever you want, that's what I want. Pastor Cynthia, she started coming to me. I invited her to my Bible study because God told me to invite her to my Bible study. And she behaved herself. She was always on time. She stayed the whole time. She never missed one. I knew she was in love with God. That was our courtship. I knew she was in love with God. This is the carpenter fixing y'all's building. They said they're going to work all night, but I can't talk to him. <laughs> they ain't working right now. They said, we're going to work all night. I'm not going to stop. They're going to say, we're going to work all night. They're putting up cabinets and doors and laying town and all kinds of stuff because revival's in there. Yeah. I got some people that have a mind to work. Yeah. Most everybody else would have cut out and went home. They said, we will be here to 10 o'clock tonight. All the towel in your bathroom will be laid tonight. Hallelujah. All the hardware on your doors and all your cabinets to be put in. Amen. Yesterday, it was 10 cars up there running. Because I keep saying, God, give me people got a mind to work on this job. And I had to hire them all. The devil didn't like it. Then he brought something else to me today. And I told dude, I said, boy, you ain't right, are you? But I want you to know I'm redeemed from all evil. <laughs> And he suffers no man to do me wrong. You write it down. Everybody's ever, everybody's ever crossed me in this kingdom work. I don't care if they were politicians. I don't care if they were neighborhood people that thought they was all this in a bag of chips. I left the situation standing because I'm on divine assignment. Because when I was 22, I told him, whatever you want with my life. So you ain't dealing with me no more. Redemption is not about you, anybody dealing with you. And I'm going to let help some of y'all go to sleep at night because trouble is going to try to come and folk going to try to tell you what they're going to do and all this kind of stuff like it's going to go to sleep because you're redeemed from all evil and you got an angel that's going to keep evil people from trying to do anything in your life. I don't care who they are. Laban went down there. Jacob left and went rolled out of there and changed the man's wages 10 times cheating. And then God blessed him, and he come out of there with train loads of wealth because God redeemed him. God put in his life the wealth that was supposed to be there after this guy cheated him for, seven, for 14 years. You can't hold a redeemed person back from getting what heaven has planned for them. You can't stop them from being blessed as long as the redeemed of the Lord will live the lifestyle they're supposed to live. Every word God told him came to pass. And the angel came and showed him how to prosper. And the guy just they said, man, he's got, they called his wealth glory. Somebody's going to call you glorified before this is over with. If you walk in your redemption, oh, you almost made me the window preaching and clapping my hands. Jesus paid for your poverty on that cross. They beat him. They beat him to the point where a normal man would have died. And that's what paid for your healing. And you ought to get an attitude of somebody about to I wish some virus would come up around in here. Cut it every way but loose. You have no right to be on my body. And that's how you're going to deal with it. You, he got to give you keys. I give you authority. You got to let me get this in you. 
going to cheat Jacob out of his money. He said, I, but, but I redeemed you from all evil. Yes, I did. He ain't going to be taking none from you. And then Jacob decided to leave. His time was up. He kept his end of the deal. I'm going to work for you seven more years. But the last seven ain't going to be like the first 14. Come on, Dan. I'm trying to tell you, God trying to accelerate some yeah. some from you. Yeah. Oh, Jacob. <laughs> He's trying to accelerate something for you. Yeah. And Laban jumped, and Jacob left. Laban realized he was gone. Jumped on the camel, just like Pharaoh, chasing. Why? Because they know the blessing doesn't live. When the redemption is working in your life, ain't nobody going to want you to leave. You're going to be the reason why that company flourishes. You're going to be the reason why that neighborhood flourishes, why that community flourishes. It'll be because of you. I told you you're going to be a blessing to all nations. And Laban called him, and God called him the day before he caught up to him. I said, where you going, Laban? I see you riding real hard. I heard a lot of things you've been saying, too. You've been having Jacob's name coming out of your mouth with a lot of profanity, Father. I, I, I've been hurting. I've been, I, I've been, I've been fathering you. I've been. He said, let me tell you something. You can go on down there. But if you say one cross word to him, I got your behind. I'm going to deal with you. And you are executing the plan of redemption for God. You are the most valuable person on this planet. God values your life more than any other life on the. Now, he values all of it, but you are the reason why the others are going to live when you're walking in your full redemption. That's why he said, no evil shall befall you. I'm going to encamp around about you and keep you from all evil. You are the most valuable person there is when you're living for God. Amen. You are valuable when you are living for God with a revelation of redemption. My value is increasing. He said, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust that we should live. I told you to stop doing that. Sit in the back. That we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Amen. It says here, teaching us that denying godliness and worldly lust we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. He said, I know you're in the world, but I want you to live what? Soberly, righteously, and godly. It's a, it's, it's a lifestyle that goes along with People don't preach this verse. People don't preach this verse. People don't preach this verse in this present world. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearance of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself, notice what he did, he gave himself, that, we might, that he might redeem us from all iniquity. Not some of it, all of it. I don't want not one sin in your life to stop the blessing from working. Not sin yesterday, not today, forever. I redeemed you from all iniquity. Amen. Sin shall not dominate you. I will not allow your mistakes to be the reason why the blessing don't work. I will not allow your past. I am redeeming you 
from the power of all iniquity. I'm taking you out of the kingdom of darkness. I'm delivering you from all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means harm you. I'm redeeming you from everything that Adam loosed on this planet. And if I got to restore the years that the canker worm have used, I'm going to bring your lost children back. I'm putting, I'm putting everything back where it's supposed to be. I'm redeeming you from all iniquity. I'm not just talking about your in your life. I'm talking about for your kids. I'm talking about for everything. And you can take a stand tonight for everything that's connected to you. Because you didn't know about this good news of the gospel until you came to our church on the rock and heard that God wants to put everything in your life back in the place where it's supposed to be. And behold, the kingdom of God is here to perform it, to put it all back. And if I got to change a little bit to get my mind back, Honor back, esteem back, wealth back, health back, family back. Whatever change you need me to make, Jesus, I'll make it. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. It's a life of change. It's things you got to cut out of your life. You got to mortify the deeds, and the Holy Ghost will help you. You just got to say, I want to do it. Because, listen, redemption won't work without change, that God will help you change. He says, I'm not going to let it impact your life. But I am requiring change. I will not let your past be your future. I will not let what you did yesterday stop you from casting out the devil today and laying hands on the sick today. I make a mistake. I say, Father, forgive me. I repent. I make a mistake. I say, Father, forgive me. I say something I shouldn't say. Father, forgive me. Give me, forgive me my trespasses and I forgive other people. That's every day. Smith Wigglesworth raised more people from the dead. He said the New Testament believer must constantly be involved in change. I'm not sorry, I'm changing. I have remorse for what I did, but I'm really changing. He did not ask for us to be sorry, he asked for us to change. Why? So the redemption can efficiently work in your life. You're going to make some mistakes. 1 John 1, 9 said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And it's something, it's something, see, I just can't, it's not just about saying, forgive me. I need to go to your word. And what it's, change, I need to change. Change means I need to go to your word and see what this was wrong. I need to go to your word and see what this, whether will, this was the will of God, it was wrong. I need to go to the word of God where the will of God is Shows me, well, this, that, that, that wasn't right. The Bible said, let everything be done decently in order. Anything that's not decently in order is wrong. That's what it said. That's what it said. So it says right here, he would purify and purify unto himself. He's the purifier and he's the redeemer. A, peep, a peculiar people. That's why they're going to say something wrong with y'all. Y'all don't let that man get y'all COVID up there. He's going to kill all y'all up there. You may have thought that yourself. Then you should stay at home because you don't think like me and watch online. 
until you learn better. I'm just to a place where I trust God. Why am I put myself out like this and you can't keep me from a loose string or germ? And you created a whole universe. I just got more confidence in the God I say I serve. Yeah. And I have a relationship with him that's different from other people and I understand that. God ain't trying to make you fit into this world. He said, I'm making you a peculiar person. I know I got a covenant with God. I started studying this past century. She was working with, she'd been, she'd been working to overcome high blood pressure. And it's done come all the way down. She showed me a paper. It was up 200 and something. We talking about stroke level and stuff like that. And when I started studying on redemption, the first night it hit me was Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, he said, I was rejected and despised for you. I went through all of that. So if people want to reject you because you want to live redeemed, let them do it. Yeah. He said, I already bore all that for you. And I saw it then. If you took all of that, it ain't got no right in our body. I got an attitude. Yeah. Yeah. I jumped up and laid hands on them. The first night it dropped was when I got up and I, because Dr. Jacob said, I, I, read, I was going over the prophecy. He said, now the healing anointing. Dr. Dufresne laid on me and gave to me. And Dr. Dufresne laid his hands on me. He said, everything in me, give it to Dr. Jacobs. And I called him. I called him. He said, give it to him too. Yeah. Ain't nobody catch me. I just fell in anyway. <laughs> No service. Well, no service. Nobody catch me, so I fell in the floor. I believe in my impartations. That's why I wrote it down. I'd be walking in the woods. Everything that's in them is in me. I long to see you, Paul told the Roman church, to impart to you. It takes men to give you impartations, the right ones. Mm -hmm. And I, I listened to the Holy Ghost, and I got around the right ones. I don't have no squirrely bird preachers in my spiritual roots. Because when you fall in the Holy Ghost, he ain't going to let you get in no church where nobody don't know nothing. You went over there because your cousin them are over there. You went over there for some natural reason. I like the building. I like the children's church. We got a nice building, a nice children's church. But I didn't go there. We was, at, we was a storefront church. When I heard that man speak and we had authority in the name of Jesus, I said, this is where we belong, Cynthia. We'll never be anywhere else. And she knew it too. And we've been with him ever since. And then that... And, a couple of years ago, he laid hands on all the preachers, brought us up. He said, that anointing's on me. I'm imparting it to you. And I was in here that night, and she was going through that, and God says, you never use that mantle. You have to use what God gives you. Yeah. He says, you never use that mantle. I said, I'm using it tonight. <laughs> How do you use it? You just say it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to bind up and heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, to set in liberty to them that are bruised, and preach the acceptable year of the Lord. You have to say it. Yeah. I said, I'm going to use it. She got home, the thing was down to normal. Yeah. Dropped all the way down to normal. Hallelujah. And then we started doing a whole lot of stuff. You know, started working on 
nutrition because God said, I'll show you the right things to eat. So your youth is renewed like the eagles. Yes. You start walking and praying and doing all those things. And that's down in the normal range. We're working where there's no medication. Yes. That's what we're after. None whatsoever. Yes. Amen. Praise God. Because his word is medicine to all your flesh. Get it working in your house and then get it working somewhere else. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He said, for, for he says that he redeemed us from all iniquity and to purify himself, himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. And we got to be zealous about working for God. This shouldn't be, God shouldn't be getting the church running at half pace. He shouldn't be getting the church working at half pace. Turn over here to Psalms 103. What time is it? I told the cabinet people I was going to stop at 8, do some administration from 8 to 8.30. I know somebody's going to want to talk to me after that, and I'll be back on the other side of town at 9.30. Well, that ain't happening. I'm going to do this last scripture. Amen. You need to know I love you. Just need to know that. Praise God. Hallelujah. You need to know I love you. I'm working on something. I really am. I'm working on something. I don't even watch television like I used to no more. She'll tell you that. I had to cut some stuff out. I don't need to be watching that. That. I don't want to fellowship with nothing that this world produced. Paul said, I'm crucified to this world. This world is crucified to me. That's why he ran up right in two-thirds of the New Testament. The Bible says the blessed man doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful, doesn't take the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his word do he meditate day and night. This man is the one that's going to be blessed. You got to come from out of the world, I'm just telling you. We don't, anyway. Look what he says right here about redemption. Come on, man. Bless the Lord, Psalms 103, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities and healeth all thy disease. Jesus' redemption got you healed of all diseases. Redemption means to buy back from a bondage and from the one that is the slaveholder. And when a person is not in Christ, they in bondage. Or even a Christian that just lives in the world. That's even more pathetic in the spirit because this person just got saved, got seated with Christ, and now they're out there playing in the world. When you look at it in the realm of the spirit, it, it looks, it's just bizarre. It's bizarre. And you have to, and, and now it's one thing if they're out there and there's no training. It's out there, there's no training. Children have to be trained. The Bible said, train up a child in the way that they should go. When they were old, they were not depart. You have to be trained. And, and Jesus told the apostles, go train my people. Don't go in there trying to make them like your personality. You train them. 
because they got a big work to do, executing redemption. Look at verse 4. Who redeemed thy life from destruction. That he has bought my life back from a life where, wait a minute, if you redeem me from it, that means you purchased me. If Pastor Cynthia was redeeming this bottle of water from me, then she'd have to pay a price and take it. Let's just say she took it. Now it's out of my hand. Because it's been redeemed from me. Therefore, I have no access to it at all. Somebody's listening to me. Corona should have no access to you because you're redeemed from all iniquity and all destruction. It ain't supposed to be destroying your lungs. But if for some reason it does get on your body and with his stripes, <laughs> we got you covered every way. Now figure out how do I execute redemption while I live in the perfection where it doesn't come nigh my dwelling. Go home and read Psalms 91. It'll tell you how to do it because you set your love upon me. Because you set your love upon me. Because you dwell in the secret place of the Most High. You dwell in the secret place. You let him cover you with your wings. You get up and say, I'm, I'm delivered from the pestilence and, and all the diseases that come. You get up and you, you, you get up and you activate it with your faith. You got to change and you got to believe. I'm riding down the street thinking about my redemption. I said, you don't put me back, can't you? See, you don't put everything back until you believe it. I want to go through all these scriptures with you. You have to believe in your redemption. Yes. Dr. Jenkins wrote a book, How, How Far Does the Blood Go? They used to sing a song, it's power, power, wonder-working power, precious blood of land. I'll make you raise your leg up and all <laughs> What kind of power are we talking about? Yeah. I plead the blood. What are you saying? That's your redemption. That was the price. That, that was the payment to get the bottle. That was the payment to get the bottle. So darkness has no control. Let me read this now. I got one more verse and I'm done. He do, who delivered us from destruction and crowned thee with you just didn't get delivered from destruction. You got covered. Come on now. You got, you got covered with his loving kindness. You got a crown on your head where the loving kindness of God, the hot seed agape, loving kindness of God, where God just bless you because he want to. I'm going to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think. Yes, I am. He said, crown thee with love. What does love and kindness, David said, is anybody left in the house of Saul so that I can show the kindness of God to him? And the boy had lost everything. 
he had lost all title to his granddaddy's property. All the servants were gone and all the money was gone and he was living in a place called Loaded Gabbah. But because of his covenant he had with David, he didn't even know there was a covenant out there that had redemption in it. And the man is shouting, is there anybody left in the house of Saul and Jonathan that I can show the loving kindness of God? Wow. Somebody found that. She feels she down there living in low debar. You get this, your house is getting ready to change. Your family is getting ready to change. There's a redeeming It ain't got nothing to do with your job. It ain't got nothing to do with your job, your education. It's the loving kindness of God. You didn't bring Jesus down here to die on the cross. You didn't send him to hell, and you didn't raise him from the dead. It was nothing but the grace of the almighty God. He wants you so redeemed. He said, I freely gave you Jesus. Ah, put your blood pressure back right. Right in front of the whole medical profession. Yes, I will. You just got to believe me. Y'all done made me preach myself happy. He said, anybody's left. They say, David is one boy. He's even a cripple. When this kingdom of Saul failed and, and people begin, the enemies of Saul begin to pursue the house of Saul, David and Jonathan were both slain on the battlefield over dishonor, dishonoring God. David cried. He said, they were like lions. When the anointing came on them, you couldn't beat them two men on the battlefield. They were like lions. They ran like deers, but they died like people that didn't even know God. They died like they was never anointed. And so many Christians have died as if there was no redemption at all. And it makes people ask, where is God? Yeah, yeah. No, where are you in your revelation of this plan of redemption? All this Bible is is a story of God putting man back where he rightfully belongs in dominion, in authority over everything that creeps on this earth. In the image and likeness of God with power of keys of hell and death and the grave and the kingdom of keys, kingdom and keys where you can bind and loose on earth. Give him his dominion back. Give him his land back. Give him his wealth back. David said, give this boy everything back. Give him everything that belongs to him. You restore his land, his wealth, and all the servants. It's all it is, is redemption stories after redemption stories. Yeah. Ruth's husband, Naomi's husband mess up and take her over in the land of Moab yeah. where their family don't even belong and the boys die, the daddy die. Yeah. And out of shame, Naomi gets up and says, I got to go back. You better watch who you hook up with. Yeah. Let nobody take you out of the will of God. I wouldn't even let marriage take me out of the will of God. She knows she got to serve, and I know I got to serve. We know we got to be here. My wife don't determine how I serve God. I do. She went on the cross. Jesus was. Amen. Amen. 
I don't let people do that for me. I got saved by myself. You're going to die by yourself, and you're going to stand before God by yourself. You better get this figured out. Or somebody take you off to Moab. It's the story of redemption. She went out of submission to her husband. And the boys died, both of them. The husband died. And now she's in a land of no purpose. They went there because they was getting a $20,000 on the year raise. I was thinking the other day, you ain't got no pastor, you ain't got no city. <laughs> I was talking to somebody and they was telling me about their friends, everything that's happened to their friends in the city they live in. I said, they got a church? No. They got a pastor? No. I said, tell them to move to Nashville. <laughs> Any of them a straight drama, all they getting. You got to have a pastor. Yeah. Yeah. And God got to build your house. Can you see people, millionaires, and everybody in the house crazy? Who brings in somebody to sleep with in a mansion with your children in the house with you? And you so deranged in your mind, you think bringing a man in your house, putting him in the bedroom, and going down there when you get ready, that's your deliverance. Sick. They're sick. And they're falling apart out there with millions of dollars. But oh, when I give them their redemption, they're going to trade all that money up here. They're going to say, I'd rather have my redemption than money in the bank. I'd rather be free in my mind. I ain't crazy in my mind anymore. My kids are free. Oh, and then Ruth finally had some sense. It was two daughters. Two daughter-in-laws. I don't even remember the other one's name. She was crazy anyway. If she couldn't get a man, she wasn't going to Israel. <laughs> so, as soon as, soon as Ruth said, I ain't got no more boys to give you. What? Huh? I ain't got no more men to give you. <laughs> and I ain't got time to be having no more babies either. Too old for that. She said, I'm just going back to my homeland. At least I can die in Israel. So that girl turned around and walked off, but Ruth was something. It's got to be something in you. Where is your declaration to God? I give you my life. Where is it? Because nothing starts till you say it. I'm giving you my life. I will not take it back. Ruth said, your God should be my God. God's sitting there hearing that. She's a heathen. She's going to get caught in a redemption. It don't even belong to her. Boaz is waiting over there. Come on now. Deep pocket Boaz is waiting on that. And she don't even know it. I'm trying to tell you God got your mate. Your Boaz is out there. Yes, he is. You ain't got to compromise with Larry, Curly, and Moe and dying Moab. Your Boaz is waiting on you. Your, your girl, whatever, is waiting on you. Your girl, whatever, I can't put that on there. You think I'm cursing. But anyway, she's out there waiting on you, and don't you compromise 
God's got a plan for your life, and it's a plan of redemption. And Boaz redeemed all of Malon's land that he lost and turned around and gave it back to Naomi and gave Ruth a powerful husband. And they became the grandparents of one of Israel's great kings. Oh, there's no redeeming plan like the plan of God. And I feel the Holy Ghost right now. And this is going to be the best year you ever had. Because I wasn't trying to preach no message. Come up with some slogan at the end of the year. I don't need no slogan. I need life and life more abundantly. Praise God. And God said, I'm accelerating it. He said, Keith, acceleration is, you're getting there. He said, you got any idea what I'm accelerating? I'm accelerating redemption. He said, I don't want this planet like it's another day, and I want the church to get its job done. And he said, I picked you out. I picked you out. I handpicked you, and I hand-trained you, and you will not fail me. It may sound like arrogant talking about it. He said, other men have failed me, but you will not. will not fail me. I tell him, love never fails. You're going to love me so much that I don't. And love includes correction. I chastise them. You're looking, you're looking at a corrected man. I got on my knees. I cried all night. I'm so sorry. I knew better even as a young person, but I was afraid to walk along. But I'm not anymore. I'm not. You got some people out there. And they're going to be my friends. And I found some. We were just buddies. Then pastor said that I got married. We left Nashville because he didn't want to train me in this city. And now I can see it. Nobody can train me. Dr. Michael Jacobs did, and Pastor Diana Jacobs, and Dr. Ed Dufresne, and Pastor Nancy Dufresne. They are standout gifts when you look at the whole planet. Yes. Yes. And you are so blessed yes. to have a man like that. Mm -hmm. The two of them are gone, they gone home. But I got my impartation. Well, I got a spiritual grandmom and a spiritual dad. That's how that works. Praise God. Pastor Rogan, don't try to build the building for cash right now. The people are coming, are going to pay it off. So go ahead and borrow the money. That's what she told me. Then last week, Dr. Jacobs said, you got a celebration coming, son. As soon as you get in that building, it's going to be over. People walking in, they're just looking at it. And I was going to throw up a lean-to. No, this is the kingdom yes. of the almighty God. Yes, Amen. Amen. Yes. And all the money we need for all the furnishings, all the equipment, all of it's done. And then the people coming to pay it off. Yes. Yeah. Garth Brooks lived right up on the hill in front of the church. 
He doesn't sit there and watch the whole thing come up. He might come down there and say, how much y'all roll on this thing? Y'all want all the rest of that land over there too? But you know what? He might do that, but I'd rather you get in your redemption. And millions on this congregation for this mighty, wonderful work. I'd rather you walk in your redemption and let God put the things belong in your life. It means to buy back from bondage and restore back to the state that God originally planned. And Jesus paid for it with his blood and with his stripes. And it is an insult to let poverty and sickness well away on your body in light of your redemption. And that's how I think now. He just started changing stuff like that. So I start getting on there. Go get on YouTube and type up redemption and see how many videos come up. Yeah, a lot of them you can use because a lot of people ain't preaching. They're preaching, they preaching aspects of it. Preaching aspects of it. He said the kingdom came with force so that if you decided to stand up for your redemption, then the angels would encamp about your house. So that no plague would come nigh your dwelling. He's accelerating your wealth, your health, miracles, manifestations, because Jesus already paid for you to have it yesterday. You receive this message. Just lift your hands to heaven. Father, we bless you.